Hey everybody, this is So Many Sequels, your book club for movies. I'm Josh. And I'm David. This week on the show, we're talking about Tetris, a movie that one Letterboxd reviewer called Argo for Video Games. (laughs) (laughs) We also, (laughs) it's true. We also talk about a couple of other new movies like Flamin' Hot on Disney Plus and Hulu, as well as the Michael J. Fox documentary, Still. We have got all that and more on this episode, so be sure to... uh, Turn your headphones up because we're going to have a good time. Uh, be sure to check us out online at so many sequels.com and subscribe in your favorite podcasting app, wherever you're listening right now. Subscribe so that you can, uh, you know, get new episodes whenever we release them. Uh, and of course, be sure to find us on social media. You can find all that information at so many sequels.com. Um, okay, without any further ado, enjoy our review of Tetris. Yeah, so I watched Flamin' Hot over the weekend, which is out now on Hulu and Disney+. Plus. It's a Fox Searchlight film. It's one of those indie ones. And it's about uh, um, this man who worked at Frito-Lay in the early 90s. He was a janitor, and he claims to have invented the Flamin' Hot Cheeto. And I don't really know the credibility of this movie. I, lo- I read the historical accuracy section of the Wikipedia, <laughs> as we do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there's some dispute from Frito-Lay about whether or not any of this happened or not. But then he claimed, the janitor man, he was a janitor. He since um, climbed the ladder and became like a ex- marketing executive at, at Frito-Lay. So... Mm. He climbed the ladder pretty far. But anyway, he said, well, of course, there's no record of it. Uh, I was a janitor and nobody wanted to listen to me for a long time. And that's kind of what the movie's about. He works at the plant, but he's super fascinated with how the Cheetos are made and his mm-hmm. family loves Cheetos. But he is also, um, he's, he's, he's Hispanic. He's in, lives in a Hispanic community. And he, his whole thing is like, we want spicy chips like our community is underserved in the chip market and i think cheetos should be spicy and so he concocts flaming hot cheetos and the movie is about his quest to make them made see them get made it was interesting what an what an interesting and yet at the same time not interesting story it's like uh i don't know why this trend has started we're gonna be talking of this this genre trend uh, today, yeah. Um, but whether it's Air or Tetris or Flaming Hot or the BlackBerry movie, there seems to be this trend of how something vaguely mundane got created. You know, like I mean, Air Jordans are pretty popular, but you know, like has anybody ever asked, like I think people's upset. I think people's fascination with Air Jordans has mostly to do with Michael Jordan and less so with the dude who came up with the idea for them. Right, and when you watch the movie. You'll see that that was the point all along. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but, similar, but, but yeah. no, it's it, you're you're right. There is this trend of like, they're popular. They're popular products or brands, but they're seemingly mundane. Air mm-hmm. Jordan is a shoe. Uh, Flaming Hot Cheetos is just a, a, a chip. 
Tetris is a video game everybody knows, but you don't think about really how they came to be a, a mm-hmm. game everybody knows, a snack everybody eats. And sometimes it's really interesting. And sometimes it's like this one where, like you said, it's interesting, but it's not. It's pretty, it's like, oh, he just, he, it's like the guy had a good idea and happened to be a janitor and you're supposed to be impressed that a janitor came up with it. I don't know. Yeah, no, um, I, I similarly watched uh, uh, another movie, a documentary this week. I watched Still, the Michael J. Fox story. Yeah, I started that. And, I haven't finished it. Yeah, It is yeah. very, very good. And I, I think I tried to tell you before that it's uh, if anybody who has making had a plan for like a Michael J. Fox biopic, uh, their 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 plans are in the toilet now because this is like the best. This is better than what a biopic would be. Like there's there's sort of dramatizations, recreations of of moments in his life, but then they also stitch together moments from movies that kind of that he has done or TV shows that kind of fit. With the tone he's setting for the conversation? Yeah, I, 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 I'm about probably 30 minutes into it. So, you know, even just from the little bit I've seen, I've gotten into some of that um, kind of filmmaking. I don't even know what you call it, but yeah, it's very cool. And mm-hmm. I, I couldn't really look away from how they managed to do these recreations mixed in with real footage to make it look like they... I mean, it, it is almost like they made the fictional biopic within the documentary, you know? Yeah. Uh, they actually show, basically they show him, you know, from the head down or from the neck down or from behind and then mm-hmm. mix it in with these clips to make it look like he's running from set to set and all this stuff. Very cool. Right. And yeah, it's, it's very frenetic and yeah, very good. Michael J. Fox, hang on. You just hang on a second, because sometimes when I t- when I watch movies, I take notes of quotes I liked. And the one I wrote down is when he said, I am a tough son of a bitch. And I was like, you are, Mike. You are. <laughs> he is. I think it's earlier I, on he talks about it because he talks about he fell and he like fractured his orbital or, orbital mm-hmm. bone and like his cheekbone falling onto a piece of furniture. And I was like, gosh, I must suck. I know, you know, he talked, I I got to a part where he talked a lot about, you know, he doesn't want sympathy. That's not what, in fact, he really seems to reject it. Uh, And I can see why he, he seems very determined to live as normal of a life as he can Mm -hmm. and not ask for sympathy. At the same time, watching it as someone who grew up with Michael J. Fox as sort of a, an icon, a, you know, I, I don't know if I go so far as to say like, role model or anything like that but you know you watch uh he was a big part of movies i watched as a kid it's hard not to watch someone who played your heroes and not be a little bit sympathetic when you see things like him struggling to walk out of his out of his hotel or him you know uh have difficulty just you know him kind of explaining like how the he got the how the diagnosis was explained to him you know um it's difficult. And it, I mean, it's hard not to be sympathetic, but at the same time, trying to understand like, you know, sympathy is not really what he wants. He wants, you know, people to see this and to say, Hey, well, what can we do to, to, yeah, to make we, sure that nobody else goes through this? Yeah. It's, uh, I think he's got a, he's got a really good outlook, I think on, on his life, especially because, you know, you look at the fact that he was, di- he was diagnosed with, with Parkinson's when he was 29 years old. 
mm-hmm. at like the height of his fame. Mm-hmm. So it's like he got, he had everything and then had it all taken away. Mm-hmm. And that's, uh, that would be hard for anyone to deal with, let alone a 29 year old guy. It is amazing too when you look, when you actually, when he tells you what his first, when he's, when he noticed his first symptom and when much he did after that because he didn't i don't believe he came forward with it until i don't remember 99 or mid, yeah no it was it was mid 90s i think and um it was movie, he, yeah, yeah. he acted for several years with it yeah and his first he said his first symptom that he noticed was in was in 1990 so like it was it was a while before of him living with it and he talks about you'll get into this when when you finish it he talks about the ways that he found to cope with it on screen Mm, it's um, interesting it was it was kind of like because it's something that like once you see it you won't be able to not see it um, yeah in the future uh yeah i'll have to now i want to finish it asap um because i i think i've also heard him talk in interviews in the past about you know he basically didn't he wanted to keep working without telling everyone until it was too hard to hide i guess mm-hmm. and it was getting to that point yeah. He had to when he left when he eventually left Spin City. Yeah, and, and that was that's a big moment in the in the thing too is when he started Spin City. So, uh, well, that's that sounds better than the Flaming Hot Cheetos movie. <laughs> it, it might be, and I don't even have bad things to say about Flaming Hot. I just yeah. don't have great things either. How long anyway, was it? Um, it was it was under two hours. Okay, I don't remember exactly, but it was it was more than ninety minutes but less than two hours. So, you know, it, it, they didn't establish a Cheeto cinematic universe, <laughs> which they could, they own Doritos, they Fritos. own everything. Fritos. How did the chili cheese Frito get made? Exactly. Exactly. Who put cool ranch on the first Dorito and why? Who made the, Oh gosh, what's the blue ones called? Is that the cool ranch? The blue, the blue like bag, the blue, the blue bag. Is that the fiesta? Uh, blue blue bag is. i think is is cool ranch yeah yeah oh goodness um well let's get into our topic of the week the big topic uh yes. we're kind of going back to game month a little bit yeah some sort of late return to game month. a little late return to game month but not really once we get into it uh we're, right. we're, today we're talking about tetris which came out this year on apple tv plus it stars taryn edgerton as hink Rogers, mm-hmm. um, Letterboxd describes this film as, uh, in 1988, American video game salesman Hink Rogers discovers the video game Tetris. When he sets out to bring the game to the world, he enters a dangerous web of lies and corruption behind the Iron Curtain. Uh, the Iron Curtain, for our non-history students, was the, like, sometimes invisible sometimes real boundary uh between russia and the west Mm -hmm. during the cold war yeah the ussr so i thought this movie was going to be about tetris you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) like the game and how it's made and that kind of stuff but we ended we stepped we stepped right into a freaking espionage thriller with this one huh were you as surprised as i was yeah i um you know i was gonna say talk about a movie that i wish was 90 minutes it was uh, a lot. It was heavy in terms of its intensity. A lot of uh, 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 what's the word? Um, 
espionage, yes, but I, you know, it was, it was a lot of subterfuge and, you know, contract signings and negotiations and, 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 you know, a web of lies, you know, and it was very, uh, yeah, so it was, it was, it was much more a movie, I think, uh, about the fall of the USSR in many ways, more so than it was the creation of Tetris. It was about sort of yes. what Tetris represented in Soviet Russia. Tetris brought down the Soviet Union. It's what we learned today. As, as this movie that seems to imply. Well, or so at least... it, it seems like it would be so, uh, like such a mundane business deal in any other time period, I guess. Yeah. But you've got uh, Taron Edgerton as this man who feels that he has discovered Tetris. Uh, he mm. discovers Tetris at a, um, I don't know what you call it. It's like a game convention, but not the yeah. kind that we think of today. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, it's like a casino con, you know? It's like, yeah, have like they're this selling and their new casino. products and new games. Yeah. So he's uh, fallen, fallen in love with this game instantly and is determined to get the publishing rights for his company. Mm -hmm. Um and that leads in into this web of madness uh, because of the fact that Tetris was designed or developed by a, a Russian developer. So mm -hmm. because of the status of the Cold War, chaos. Chaos. Normal business deal turns to yes. chaos. Yes, uh, it's... I guess just my initial reaction is that I very... I'm very mixed on the movie mm. because I feel like I could not I, at no point by the end of the movie was that I come fully to grips with the sort of tonal uh, feel for the film. Like it, it felt like an SNL sketch come to life, you know, it, <laughs> from Taryn's mustache to the sort of like, everything seemed so self-serious and then you really think about what they're talking about. And you're like, you just kept, ex I just kept expecting Bill Hader to go, you know, and now the, from the, you know, from the people who gave you, uh, from the people who brought you asteroids. It you know, does seem like it, it could have been better maybe if they had leaned into a comedy. Yeah. Like I, I appreciate the spy thriller narrative. But maybe it maybe the premise is ridiculous enough to have leaned into comedy a bit, because it is yeah. a ridiculous premise, even though it's real life. Yeah, even though it's real, like I mean, um, you know, there have been other movies that have taken real life instances and sort of played to the comedy part of them. Um, the idea that there would be this much, like this degree of uh, inner political turmoil about a video game, about you know, especially in the eighties. Right. Um, that the idea that Gorbachev would even be made even even, even made aware, aware of it. yeah, is is if true, laughable in its own sense, right? So I mean, like, I, I'm surprised Gorbachev, you know, wasn't played by Will Ferrell. Um, it, that's how it would have been. And so, but at the same time, I do think that it was done well. Like, I think it was shot well, mm -hmm. and I thought that mm -hmm. when they wanted me to be kind of scared, I was a little scared. Um. There were some there were some other things that I didn't really care for. They did a lot of scene transitions that were being eight bit, and while that was kind yeah. of cool at first, it, it wore thin by the end. I was like, I'm tired of these eight bit transitions. They're just kind of too much after a while. 
Yeah. I think all the actors did a fine job. I, I was, you know, I was actually kind of pleasantly surprised or impressed with this guy, Nikita uh, Yevramov, who uh, played, who played Alexi, played the guy who created Tetris. But uh, yeah, I don't know. To- it was a weird movie tonally. What, what do you think? No, I, I think I completely agree with you on this one. It is. I also am feeling mixed about it. It's, it's competent, right? Like it's well-made. Mm-hmm. The performances are pretty good, but something about it is like, uh, it, it, it's like they didn't make it interesting enough, you know, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know. I don't know how else to explain it because I also found myself being like, not really feeling like the stakes were all that high. Mm-hmm. So it made it hard for me to get really invested and it it just felt like because i never truly felt like they were in danger you know oh i mean like i did a little bit but i also was like i was like it's kind of laughable that the russians would be this mean about this i mean there was (laughs) it was the soviet union you know you know i know the stereo it it felt like it was portraying the ussr very stereotypically sure and i'm not trying to come to their defense it was just cartoonish at times how how you know deceptive and twisted they were being uh and it's a foreign trade thing yeah yeah yeah. but i mean also i just i don't know just the back and forth of the negotiations i was kind of like i was like golly is this gonna be the whole movie is just these back and forth conversations like this it just felt like it you know so i don't know i feel like i'm just ragging on the movie my wife loved it my wife thought it was it was a lot of fun can i say something that i i'm gonna hate myself for saying yes please do i feel like it needed more star power oh okay okay is that is that a criticism that that has any weight to it not necessarily i mean you got taron edgerton essentially as the biggest name in the movie uh personally the only actor i'm aware of on the cast list yeah so it probably could have benefited from some from some additional star power i don't know uh it's hard to know if that's ever an improvement or not yeah i mean i think at the very least it gives you something to 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 get excited about you know i mean i i toby jones is great i like toby jones he's in this i mean he's been in a number of things uh but yeah I just yes kinda, i forgot about him i do know i just him. every other person though was just kind of like do i know that guy and then we you know my wife would look on imdb and go no they've been in a few things but i've never heard of any of these things so it's just kind of like uh i don't know it's just it felt like a made for streaming movie i mean it was (laughs) (laughs) what can i say but you know what with with still a higher quality than netflix though i think yeah because i do think that from a i think that despite what i have said i do think that the director had a vision i'm just not aligned with whatever the vision is like it just clear it had a it had a it had a sense of what it wanted to do but to me the first like seven minutes, they kind of describe how Tetris grew to the point that it got to Hank Rogers. And I was like, that felt to me like the most interesting part of the story was Tetris being invented by some guy in Russia at his computer. And then it growing in popularity so much that this company bought the video game rights. I was like, that feels like a, that could have been your first half of the film. Instead, that, it's like the opening bit. I agree that that is the better angle for a story like this. Um, I want, I, yeah, I, one, yeah. I would like more of 
explaining why Tetris is a big deal. Don't just assume we know, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I feel like they could have done a better job. Yeah, I also felt like there, yeah. there was a lot, uh, um, there, there were a lot of parts that have, that I wanted to see more of concerning Nintendo, especially because mm-hmm. that's such a pivotal time period for Nintendo as a company as well. Mm-hmm. And we get glimpses of it, right? I mean, we get the, the sneak peek at the Game Boy mm-hmm. and we get, um, you know, Terran's character basically convincing them to box the, the release of the Game Boy with Tetris instead of Super Mario Land. Mm-hmm. Which, in hindsight, seems like a crazy decision. Um, it is, yeah. It makes sense today, but I would have bet on Mario even even yeah. then. As ridiculously fun as Tetris is, yeah, you know, it's Mario. You po- package it with Mario. I said, you know, it does make it, he makes a, he makes a good argument, but at the same time, I was like, that's a big that's a big gamble to take. Yeah, because I did expect this to be in a lot of ways a little bit of a love letter to the game itself as well. But, you know, aside from a couple of comments towards the beginning and a little bit at the end, they really don't, I don't think really get into what it is about Tetris. That's so exciting and so fun. Like Tetris has been ported to like every system possible. I had it on my LG shine back in the day. I don't know. I think it's an iPhone app. I spent, I spent $9 on, on, on Tetris for my phone. My parents about flipped their lid. Because How many dollars? Nine. Nine dollars. <laughs> it was nine dollars on the phone. Uh, I think. Maybe I have that wrong, but I remember my dad and mom came to me and they were like, they were like, How did you spend nine dollars on the cell phone bill? And I was like, I was like, I bought Tetris. And they were like, <laughs> Don't that they're like, that's the last thing you're ever buying on that phone. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I didn't know. Anyway, uh loved it that's on there, funny. played that all the time. Tetris is a great game. Um kind of buried in this movie is how fun of a game tetris is the bigger the the, the most offensive part of that story is tetris costing ten dollars back then i think it did maybe i'm maybe i'm remembering it wrong maybe it was like a dollar 99 i don't remember i just know the number nine was involved <laughs> i love it i love it I so know. outside outside i was gonna ask outside of you know that experience on your what would you say lg shine Yes. Uh, do you did, did you like grow up playing Tetris a lot? Because I didn't really. It it was just always kind of there for me. Yeah, there was always like I was there never was, into it. There was always like a version of Tetris somewhere that you know, like whether it was like a arcade or a friend might have it on something that I you know. But I mean, I didn't like spend hours on it as a kid. But it was it was kind of like. It's like Snake. It was like a game that was sort of like you would find it somewhere. You'd play it on a computer. I think I remember playing Tetris in like key in like my keyboard class. You know, like when we're learning how to type, there would be like a, a site you could go to and you could play a version of Tetris. But yeah, once I got it on my phone, I was just I was just playing it all the time, just you know lines. And and when he does make a he does have a line when in the movie, Taryn says uh, Hank says that when he closes his eyes to go to sleep, he can still see falling he can blocks. Still see, yeah, and I'm like. That's for true, because if you play Tetris for long enough, you will start to do you will start to like dream Tetris blocks. Um, I mean, it did make me want to play the game. So oh, as it, as marketing, it worked. It it did make me laugh, though, because I was like, I was like, Tetris is a it is a very fun game, but I wouldn't consider it a game that you could get like years and years worth out of if that was like like I like give me Mario because there's levels I could beat that level and I move to the next level and it's continually changing. Tetris is like you play, you know, I feel like once you've played Tetris, like 
a couple of days, you kind of like, you know, or a couple months, you're like, I need to take a break from this. It's like Wordle, you know? <laughs> it's Wordle. It's words with friends um, for the for the older millennials. <laughs> you know, you play it in you play it in you play it in bursts. You know, you don't play yeah. you don't play like Tetris like every day for the rest of your life. Well, it's interesting because like the game is so especially when it came out it became so popular that it's kind of hard for me to wrap my head around it in today's uh you know pop culture environment because today everything has like a fandom and there's no like tetris fandom that i'm aware of i now that i've said it it definitely exists but it doesn't feel like there's a tetris fandom (laughs) No, it just feels like everyone likes Tetris. Right. Well, there's no, there's no, uh, there's no story to Tetris. There's no, right. there's like, no story, there's, there's no characters. It, it, it's, it's, it's like chess, you know, there's competitive Tetris, just like there's competitive chess or checkers or, or things, games like that, Mahjong, whatever. Like there's no Mahjong fandom, but there's hundreds of little old ladies that play Mahjong like crazy, right? There's competitive Tetris and. Tetris has been, like I said, it's been ported. It's on the it's on the Xbox, PlayStation, Xbox 360, Xbox One. It's on phones. It's on Game Boy. You know, like any platform that that has been created. Uh, you know that new what's that new freaking Apple? Uh, what's the Ready Player Apple uh, yeah, device? Apple Vision. Tetris will be on that day one. I can. That would be wild. I'm just there will be a I'm Tetris just on it. You're just organizing doing it blocks eyes. with my eyes. There's nothing insane about that. Rotate them. Uh, you, uh, you get some serious <laughs> eye exercises. Your hand-eye coordination will be impeccable. It will be on there immediately. I can guarantee. I um, mean, that one works without a controller. You know, you mm. get your fingers. So now I'm seeing myself like taking the bricks and like. And you want to drop it fast? You just like go like that or something like that, and it drops them. It you know, I can see. Very it. stressful. It does. I mean, that's <laughs> and that is Tetris feels really stressful when you accidentally you're stacked up real high and you're like, oh, I need a, I need a, I need a long skinny block right now. I don't know what it's called. I, I, I'm not that in tune. But yeah, Tetris just works because of its universality, you know, or universally. I don't know. Is that the right word? It's universal. Anybody can understand Tetris after it start after you start playing it for a minute. So, you know, the fandom is the sense that you know it's like. Uh, I feel like there's other similar. Like, it's like Pong, you know. Hit it with the paddle, you know what you're gonna do. Right, so, right. You know. Uh that said, this movie. This movie is, I don't know, it it has a puzzle component to it. They're trying to figure out how to get these rights. But then right. I felt like I needed spark notes by the midway point because I was like, I have lost track of who has what rights at this There's point. There's a lot of players involved, a lot of companies from a lot of countries, mm-hmm. and a lot of like uh splicing around of who gets rights for what like Mm -hmm. japan gets pc rights you get uh console right like there's a lot to keep track of and yeah without without a spark notes it can get kind of hard to follow and also Mm -hmm. it gets a little difficult at that point to care um Mm -hmm. just because it feels like so much talking yes yes and at the same time the characters themselves are very like i don't know i feel like they're very hard to get beneath what the surface level of them is because everybody especially on the russian side everybody has like a subterfuge going on where they're not really who they pretend to be characters are lying about who they are so it's kind of really hard to know what a lot of who a lot of the characters actually are and who you're supposed to like 
root for, sympathize with, uh, you know, feel like you can trust. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very complicated. So I, I don't feel, and I, I feel like that you can do that and the characters seem complex, but here it just kind of felt like characters were being weirdly inconsistent at times. Um, I was not sure. So we can talk about one character specifically. Uh, Kevin Maxwell, call me Mr. Maxwell. Uh, I felt like I was not sure what they wanted my, like what the movie wanted my opinion of him to be. If they had a, a feeling of what they wanted my opinion to be. Because at first I was like, oh, this guy's a dick. And then I started to think like, well, he's kind of a dick, but his dad also undermines him at like every, every time he tries to like assert himself. And then he was like, no, I'm not going to take your, I'm not going to pay you off Russian KGB agent. And I was like, well, there's a little bit of spine to this guy. So, I mean, that's kind of somewhat admirable, not caving to fascism or whatever. Right. And then, uh, and then his dad does it anyway. And then at the end of the movie, they're like, oh yeah, by the way, Kevin Maxwell, that guy that you started to develop sympathy for towards the end of the movie, he took the entire rap because his dad died under mysterious circumstances. And I was like, well, that sucks for that guy, <laughs> that guy yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? Like, I felt like that guy was a dick. And then slowly but surely, I was like, okay, he's not a complete dick. No, I guess that's true. I don't know. I I didn't get too terribly invested in, in most of the characters, I have to say. Like, other than Hank. Um, yeah. But again, it just comes back to, I don't know, the stakes didn't feel right for me, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't even know. I, I feel like we've we've been hard on the movie, which yeah. happens... It happens a lot in movies where we're like, it was okay. <laughs> yeah, because like I feel like it was okay. There's nowhere to go from okay but down because you just start to think about all the things that didn't work for you. Because I think I, if it had worked for me, I would have been like, oh, very excited about it and talking about all the things. But like, I just don't know what you know how sometimes you watch a movie and it's like not everything about it was great, but one thing really stood out. Yeah, nothing really stood out here for me. No. There's so no that's... standout moments or scenes or speeches or lines. Performances. Uh, uh, it's you know, all the... just... I mean, fine. I was... I, I did do research to see how historically accurate it was. And, you know, apparently it was it was close in some respects. Uh, minus the car chase at the end. Um, my wife was, was looking into the car chase. And they said that they did have to leave Russia very quickly. But it wasn't that quickly. Like they fell asleep at the airport waiting for their plane to leave. So it wasn't like they were, you know, running through the airport to get on the plane and just barely beating the KJB, KJB, KGB there, you know, or anything like that. So, you know, they and, and you know, the director admitted, like, yeah, you know, we embellished that part just for the just for the excitement part of it. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I feel like I have ragged on it. It's not a terrible, terrible movie. It was just it just didn't work for me. Yeah, I think that's where I'm going to land, too. It's not bad. It's not, I didn't even, you know, it's not even that I didn't enjoy myself watching it. It's just, I don't know what, I don't know what, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with it. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. So, well, on that note, there's no reason to, uh, you know, drag that out any longer. And there's no no box office for this Right. No, I, I thought about looking into, I couldn't find really the information that I wanted. I tried looking into how successful Tetris has been as a game. Oh, but yeah. But unfortunately, the most recent data is only from 2010. Mm. So as of 2010, 
estimates are that over 500 million copies of Tetris have been sold in one form or another. And yeah. some estimates say that it's conceivable that, you know, there it's like 6 billion people, right? It's conceivable that at least a sixth of the world population has played Tetris at some point in their life. That's crazy. So I, I did see that it's, it, I don't know if this is still the case, but it had set a world record for being uh, on the most platforms. Um, yeah. It's like 65 platforms. Easy Tetris to translate. Tetris has been ported to. So yeah. big game. Everybody go play Tetris now. Um, <laughs> there honestly could have been more product placement, I think. <laughs> um, yeah. They couldn't, they, you know, the, the worst part about this was there was not that many Apple products in the 1980s, so they couldn't really insert They couldn't, they couldn't give Hink an iPhone, yeah, to <laughs> give a close-up. No, there was uh, no iWatch that they could have him looking at. No, no, there Is that what they not. call the watch? What is the watch called? That is just Apple Watch. Apple Watch? Yeah. It's not called the iWatch? Surprising. No, no one's ever called, it's never been called the iWatch. <laughs> That's never been a thing. All right, all right. Um, I was always hopeful that Apple would come out with their own uh, cold dairy products and they could have the ice cream. I like that. All right. That's funny. <laughs> I will say, you know, talking about the Apple Ready Player One thing earlier, I've seen a lot of people making fun of it, and I get it. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. But everybody made fun of the Apple Watch when it came out too, and now it's on like half the people's wrists. So yeah. I would say... Wait like five years before we make fun of it, because after after you know Apple Vision Five comes out, it'll look like you know sunglasses, yeah. and well, everyone and, will want it. And people were were skeptical of the iPhone when it came out, yeah. and I mean the iPod when it came out. You know, it's just it takes a few iterations for it to really, you know, fit work and feel right. You know, they got to get out a lot of the bugs. The people who have it the worst are the early adopters, you know, the people who get that first version. Which, at $3,500, will not be me. <laughs> not going to be me either. Not going to be me either. I'm going to wait remember, on that one. <laughs> you know, uh, it's very similar to, you know, the Microsoft was doing devs a long time ago for the HoloLens. Oh, yeah. And they've had success with that in terms of, like, practical use. Like, I think, like, uh, doctors and... Um, architects have been able to use it as like a visual aid tool and it works pretty well but they were like we haven't gotten it down to like where consumer on a consumer level it would make any sense to to sell and i'm surprised and apple kind of said that they weren't going to do it until they could do that either and then i was surprised that they were like 3500 that's the price range for, <laughs> for I people I but the only weird thing about it to me we're completely off rails now is the you can see your eyes through it or the, your eyes can be seen through it I get yeah. it, but also it looks weird to me. I just don't like the way it's done, right? I don't like the projection of your eyes. I wish that they could just find a way to make it actual see-through glass. Because mm -hmm. that's the concept, right? Is that it's supposed to be more augmented reality instead of right. full virtual. So, and that's why I think someday they'll get there, right? Where it'll just be tinted glass. Yeah. That'll somehow work. But yeah, they'll Google Glass will be reinvented in a new way, and it'll oh actually work. Remember this? Remember the Snapchat glasses? Yes. Those were what weird. an idea! Way ahead of its time. Um. Anyway. Anyway, let's let's talk about some letterbox reviews for this. Yeah, moment, yeah, huh? yeah. It's letterbox time. Um. <laughs> these are these feel a little unhinged. Three stars. Taryn and Mister Tetris should have kissed. <laughs> My wife um, read that one last night. Three stars. That holding out for a hero needle drop sent me into orbit. I oh my disagree. gosh. 
I was going to talk about that. This is like the fourth movie this year. I feel like I've watched that has uh, the he- holding up for a hero. Three and a half stars. Best use of I need a hero since Shrek two. <laughs> yeah. Uh, three and a half stars. Tetris collapsed the USSR. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> three stars. The sexual chemistry Taryn had with both Tetris and the Tetris inventor. <laughs> And then finally, they didn't even rate this one, but it is a solid question. Why does this movie have a car chase? Yes, yes, yes. Why? Uh, so there we go. I I would say those also feel like mixed reviews. Mm. That's just my opinion. I'm going to guess. You know what? You uh, Gosh, I don't know what's the better event. I'm going to go first. No okay. way you can decide to go on either side of me. That's true. I'm going to guess 3.1. Okay, well, I feel... Oh gosh, I was gonna. My instinct was to say, I feel like you made this easy for me, but then I started to doubt myself as it went along. Uh, but I am gonna, I am gonna bet under you, and pick. Oh, two point eight, and <laughs> no direct hits. No direct hits. Okay. No direct hits, so no bonus points today. But I've let you win again. Dang it. I'm excited, uh, but also I, really bad. I undercut way too much. This movie's a 3.5, which I think uh, is way, way higher than either of us felt about it. <laughs> it's a, it, Well, yeah. a little higher. It's I'm, I'm not going to give it a bad score. But three and a half stars on Letterboxd for Tetris. On Apple TV Plus. I'm a surprised. I know I am too. I am too. Because People... my rating is going to be a three. Uh, you know, I, earlier on in the movie, I considered I was like, this is headed towards a two point five. But I don't know. I'm be, I'm feeling generous. I I didn't hate it. I just really was thrown off by it at times. So I'm just going to say a three. I think I'm also going to join you and give it a three for being. Not what I expected in a slightly worse way, but mm-hmm. not so worse that I'm upset about it. Just, <laughs> you know, like, that's what I'm going to type that out. That will be my like it, it was it was interesting. It just was also sometimes boring. Yeah. Yeah. I think <laughs> that about sums it up. You know, that's weird. OK, well, that is a wrap on Tetris. Mm hmm. Be sure to watch it on Apple TV Plus and let us know what you think of it by checking us out on social media. You can find links to all of those places at so many sequels.com, where you can also find a back catalog, uh, back catalog of all of our episodes. You can go back and uh, listen to um, our other game themed episodes just from mm-hmm. uh, April of this year. So go do that. Uh, and of course, subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts and or on YouTube to see the video version. Uh, All right. We'll see you all next time. Bye.